0: Sometimes life feels out of our control. We get stuck in trauma, old patterns, and change feels out of reach. Sometimes it feels like fate. We want to help you break out of old, unhelpful patterns and become healthier. We're fate resilience, taking control of the outcome. With licensed therapists, Jennifer Oxford,
1: Taylor Madsen,
0: Haley Mayer let's first define what self-care is and then we can talk about what it actually like looks like
2: let's do that okay and
0: then do the why
2: now when we define things because my last name is oxford do i get um the final say on what the kidding.
1: i think that's how this works (laughs) just
2: kidding (laughs) so you want to define let's define self-care so i wonder if we all have the same definition so i would say that self-care is the ability gosh Have
1: to think. This is fun. Let's go through all of our definitions.
2: I know self care is about being able to recognize what you need and meet those needs so that you can be fully present
0: in your life.
1: I like the definition that you create a life for yourself that you don't need to escape from.
0: For me, self care is look at not just what I need, but what's going to help me be in my best potential, not just do the basics to take care of my needs, but what's going to help me get to the next level instead of just being able to maintain love on that. Usually.
2: I like that Haley, because what you're really saying is self-care is beyond survival.
0: Yes. Cause I've got women and we'll talk later about like what self-care looks like, but I've got women who they say, well, my self-care is taking a shower each day. And that's my self-care moment. And I'm like, no, that's you having appropriate hygiene. Like that is just what you need to survive your day. Yes. We can battle if a shower is really going to help you survive. But for them, it's like, I need to be able to shower to function. That's just what I have. I think society nowadays just like makes self-care like they're trying to make it more manageable, which I get, but they're also in a way minimizing the need to like, feel like I can get to my best place rather than just maintain.
2: I think it can be hard to say that for people to hear that self-care is more than just your basics. Yeah. And I say that because it's true as I'm sitting here, I'm thinking about people who would be like, but Haley, what if I don't get a shower every day? Isn't that self-care to get a shower? Mm-hmm. It's a piece of it.
0: Yeah. But I think it's just but saying it's going like, to
1: be more than that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You can't just be like, well, I'll just, I do self-care. I do this. And I'm like, okay. But even looking at it and saying like getting a shower each day, that's a basic getting a really nice body wash that when you smell it, it just makes you feel less stressed. That's more self-care. Than just the fact of giving the shower. Right. And I'm not saying you have to spend like an hour in the shower with that, you know, body wash and smelling it and just being like, I want to be in this world. And that's it. It's just the idea of saying, you know, that's you bringing this need you have and putting it into this better place. Right. I'm not saying it's five steps above, but even in just like this better mind frame of you get out of the shower after you use that body wash and you're like, oh, that was just
2: nice. As you're talking, one of the ideas that comes to me is this understanding of objectification, right? When we've objectified ourselves as an object, that I'm doing self care is more than just cleaning an object and making sure the object functions. It's actually treating yourself like a person who has value mm-hmm. and who has needs and has
1: emotions. We three did not treat ourselves that way for a good while. <laughs>
0: I think in general too, we have all in different situations. I'd say probably grad school did this to me too, in different ways, just the need to achieve and get things done that were being expected of you. It wasn't like a, you know, Oh, maybe get this done. This could help you. But whether it be a really high demanding job or school. Yeah. We've had a lot of experience of not doing (laughs) self-care. It's a lot of avenues to
1: practice that. The trauma's coming back. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Let's go with that, Taylor.
2: <laughs> but I I like this concept that you bring up of this. If you're not already just doing basic maintenance on yourself, yes, start there. Like mm-hmm. absolutely.
1: Yeah, let's just cover quickly that the basic things. So, what does a person need before we can talk about what's beyond basic needs?
0: I think you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, definitely, right? It's the idea of shelter, nutrition, those basic things that help someone survive. You need to have those available. And then also hygiene, right? Back to that original example.
1: Yeah, almost no one that we work with gets enough sleep at night. The average adult needs seven to nine hours. That's average. So people say, well, yeah, I get seven, but most people don't need seven. They need eight or nine hours. Yeah. And the brain will hold what's called a sleep debt, mm-hmm. which means it knows how much sleep it's owed. And it will hold it for about 14 days. So if you're short an hour of sleep every night, then you'll be short 14 hours of sleep total. And when you sleep more than you're used to, the brain stops producing a chemical that helps you stay more alert even when you're tired and that's why when you sleep more than you're used to the brain thinks that you're paying off the sleep debt stops producing that chemical and you're more tired than you're used to and that's why you think that more sleep is bad for you because the brain thinks you're going to pay off that debt and so if you're tired during the day where you feel like you need a nap that's usually a sign that you have a sleep debt and you need to sleep more than whatever it is that you're sleeping
2: can I have a sleep debt every Sunday afternoon? Cause I need a nap every Sunday afternoon.
1: And that's often what I have to do. Cause I usually carry a sleep debt through the week and I'll have a nap on the weekends to help pay it off.
2: I like what, what you're saying with sleep. One of the things that comes to mind too, is that if you have trauma, your average amount of sleep, because of the way your limbic system is running every day, might it might actually more energy. be higher. Yeah. Yeah. And yet we see a lot of people who have a lot of trauma sleeping less than the average human or the average adult mm-hmm. um, needs. And so On top of that, you're staying in that fight-fight-free state and you don't have enough energy to do it.
0: Yeah, I think a big thing too is we're looking at sleep. I mean, that's also like everyone talks about self-care being like, oh, I go to the gym or all these other things. Honestly, I usually tell people if they're wanting to do more self-care or if they're realizing they're not taking care of themselves, the first thing they have to do is look at sleep. I think that's often the thing that powers everything, honestly. But it's also the thing that if you look at People who are trying to eat healthy because they want to maintain a certain amount of energy or they want to maintain a certain amount of dopamine during the day and feel better. You know, all of those situations, I'm not saying the easy thing is just sleep, but all those situations are greatly impacted by sleep. You know, studies are abounding in like people who are trying to maintain a healthy weight for themselves that if they don't have enough sleep, their body's going to continue to be in the same like deprivation mode that we're talking about with like either A sleep bank, or with just energy in general, and just the hormones in your body too. Like the idea of sleep. I mean, we're all EMDR therapists as well, so you know, within the therapy community, there's that joke. We talk a lot about EMDR. We're EMDR certified. That's totally okay. But (laughs) EMDR itself, a way to process through trauma, is based off of a natural thing your body does during REM. And so I think there's a lot of worth in the idea. We are all over the place, trying to replicate things that are happening during sleeping processes for people. So we need to just get to the source of see like, how can we facilitate that being the first thing of self-care? Am I even taking care of my basic needs? Like we said, and then from there looking above and beyond it saying, okay, am I able to like schedule in a nap to kind of repay this debt? I think
2: tying in the idea that we also have an energy debt right Mm -hmm. we are set in this place where we use a lot of things to manage our energy whether it be caffeine or energy drinks that's my choice (laughs) caffeine or even sugars right so our blood sugars are going up and down all the time oh
1: man you've taught me so much about that I started eating healthier, and then I had more energy.
2: Well, and the funny thing is, is, is the body is a system, right? So when you feed it regularly, all the research shows you should be eating every two to three hours. If you notice that you're doing that, then the inflammation in your body goes down. And when the inflammation in your body, this is eating healthy, not just eating. I realized that just an
1: entire bag of Hostess donuts at a meeting yesterday, but other than that, I am eating healthier. <laughs> well, we that's... all have we all have our things, but yeah, that's
2: okay. What I what I. Found and working on, this is one of the self-care things that I've really been working on the last three years is figuring out how to fuel my body well. And I went from not paying attention at all to what I was eating to paying very close attention to what I was eating and suddenly feeling better. And it wasn't just something where I was like, oh, I kind of feel better. Everyone around me noticed that I was feeling and acting better and more emotionally and mentally present. Mm -hmm. And it, it was a powerful thing. When I found out though, that when I eat high sugar foods, I actually have a hard time sleeping versus when I eat more natural foods. That was interesting to me too, to find things that nobody taught me in grad school. Nobody taught me ever. I shouldn't say that. My mom probably tried to teach me, but I ignored it.
0: But I don't think it's the same kind of fact system behind it. We were just like, it's bad for you. Don't eat a lot of sugar. So when it comes to like that idea of self-care and taking care of who I am, yes, I can do these things to like help myself survive. What am I doing to help myself again? Go above and beyond that is what you're describing, right? Not being
2: the object, but being a person.
0: Yes. Yeah. I'm not just feeding my body as a machine of just saying like okay just whatever i can get there were a lot of years i did that and i mean i pride myself in the fact i never ate top ramen in college not really top ramen even fan. though
1: it's delicious i don't really see well, i grew everyone up has on top palettes. i had i grew um, up on top ramen yeah, that so makes sense. my
0: brother loves top ramen and so well he did i don't know if he still does <laughs> but so for me i was always like okay what can i do for food wise and so nowadays definitely i mean i have my own diet stuff that i do because i'm the same way with like sugar and usually it's in processed carbohydrates i've noticed are huge for me that i just i mean i'm not a candy person but i love pastries anything with a flaky crust oh i will marry you it's just amazing <laughs> is and that a Brett,
2: proposal to a croissant uh
0: if it's chocolate <laughs> absolutely oh, okay. michelle wolf has an excellent set
1: on croissants <laughs> have you had
2: a raspberry croissant because i had those in mexico and they were phenomenal
0: i've had all of them my favorite anyways we won't go into this um but no i think it's okay and i i've recognized that but at the same time recognizing there's a certain amount that i i can have that as my self-care or as my treat and i'm not making that my whole life right i'm not saying like as self-care i have a croissant every two hours because that's what i need that would be great that's my next life but
2: It's interesting that as you were talking about them and and talking about, can you just feed yourself anything? We go back to this idea of you're not an object. You're not just a car and whatever gasoline is going to get you to go the fastest. And I think we have a society where we do a lot of that with caffeinated beverages and sugars and stuff like that, where it's like, I just need energy versus what Taylor was talking about, which is creating the energy through healthy sleep, healthy eating, um, even other things. If we go to surroundings, right. If we go next to what is self-care in your surroundings, Mm -hmm. that's a big jump. Do you have a safe surrounding?
0: Yeah. Or even just a surrounding that brings joy in some way. I think that is something that we are all owed. And that's, that's basic need we all need to have. You know, there's a reason we don't just live in white walls and everyone just does that. Right.
2: So you're validating that my throw pillows are part of self-care.
0: Yeah. And you can tell your husband you need more of them too. Um, (laughs) The
1: people we surround ourselves with.
0: Yeah, Mm
2: -hmm. absolutely. And, and the idea of just sometimes visual images, pictures, good memories can be self care, right? Creating memories is one of the things that I really value. And so I put up pictures of vacations that I've been on Mm -hmm. and people that I love that helps me feel connected.
0: Yeah, no, I think there's also the idea too of the, whatever you find as beauty, whatever you find as something that's enriching to you, essentially, like if we're really going to get down to it, like the definition of self-care is enrichment, right? It's not just maintaining, it's enriching whatever it is I'm having.
2: That's a good connection that we, we said it's not survival, Mm -hmm. but using that word of what's actually enriching us to start saying, when am I moving beyond objectifying myself to enriching and treating myself like a human?
1: Yeah. So what is something that we do different outside of our normal routine once in a while that helps us recharge our batteries beyond sleep and food? Is it going to a movie once in a while? Is it a vacation? Is it going up to the mountains or beach or meadow if you live in Kansas? <laughs> Sorry, I used to live in Kansas. If you're in Kansas, I love you.
2: Well, just being in nature in general and asking yourself how how long has it been since I've been in nature? And that could be as simple as. Now that the weather's getting warmer, I love just being in my backyard, just being outside when it's not 30 degrees and there's no snow on the ground. And one of the things that we do for self-care is we plant things and we've made, we do projects around our yard to make it enjoyable so that I can go out and just relax. And it really is, it's enriching, like Haley said.
1: Binge watching TV or playing video games for a long time. It's not self-care. And the reason why... It's because that's numbing that's escaping, which
0: it's also biologically, it's creating a different type of um, connection between getting that need met and how we're, you know, how that's actually happening. I just finished a book all about that. And it talks also a lot about the idea of with things like play with things like nature, those things go back to those basic needs that we have and what electronics do is that it's a it's a man made version of that, which, as we know, with man made chemicals, man made. And let's just look at the grape flavoring that we see in things that doesn't taste anything mm, like it. Grape drink. I know, but I mean, we try to create these uh, versions of it, and it just. I'm all for technology. I mean, we're on a freaking podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> we're like, we're against technology, but listen to everything. Um, but. I think there are great outlets and great uses for it. But when we use that as our only way to take care of ourselves or to relax and let go, I think we're definitely cheating ourselves out of the actual feeling that we're going to get and the actual enrichment we're going to find from it.
2: Well, and one of the things, Taylor, you used the word numbing with the idea of some of the behaviors that we do. And numbing is the opposite of processing emotion. Mm -hmm. So you're actually holding the emotions longer. Emotionally, you're shutting down, your system's not moving, um, the emotions through, which means you're not able to release those things, and you're holding on to them for years.
1: Yeah, there's no time limit for that either. So emotions are messages, and if we just continue to numb and not process them, we get into a little Harry Potter scenario where we've got a ton of letters piled up outside. <laughs> I
0: was like, which part of Harry? Potter oh, I thought you were going, going to, go to the crack. <laughs> I know we
2: do. <laughs> doing this evil piece of ourselves that's hanging around our neck. That's I where was- I went.
0: Hangs different I mean,
1: places. my horcrux is, oh, I guess I shouldn't disclose that.
0: <laughs> we don't give those away. No, I, I think that, well, back to this idea of, you know, self-care it, it and the idea of like Taylor mentioned the sleep deprivation and needing to renew the bank. And with this idea too, of just disengaging and numbing, we're talking about, I think all the reasons why people feel like they can push off self-care right? It's because they're like, well, I'm maintaining right now. I don't really need it. I was talking to one of my women's groups and, you know, saying you need to have something like at least once a week that you're practicing with self-care once a day, honestly, everyone needs to have it. I had some clients of mine that they had a chocolate they liked in the car and the individual wrapped ones, or they had like a mint and they knew like, Hey, as I'm driving, I'm just going to enjoy this this is what I'm doing. This is how I'm enjoying it. And this is how I'm being mindful of the moment. And I can just sit in my car and pick up line and enjoy this, you know, and for them, that was like their moment they like look forward to. And so I think even as simple as that, it's about enriching the moment. Right. And so if you can do more than that, that's even better.
1: And the field goal is going to move day to day Mm -hmm. because we can be drowning, in which case the field goal is just sleeping and eating to get you to surviving if you're surviving try to add whatever part of basic needs feels least hard next and when our needs are met move to enrichment and then you know when we're living what does it take to thrive so that we feel like we have the life that we need and want
2: One of the other parts of self-care that I want to make sure that we mention is this idea of connection. Self-care is not always an isolated experience. Obviously we do need, to some extent, everyone needs time to themselves, but whether it's connecting to a partner, connecting with a pet, connecting with children, connecting with coworkers, connecting with a community that you belong to, whatever that is, that connection is actually really important part where, and I don't mean just logging on, Mm -hmm. I mean being seen and seeing others.
0: Makes sense. No, I think that that's part that especially when we're talking about things that get in the way of self-care or are giving a less meaningful version of self-care they don't include that right but even that idea of connecting with ourselves it's not just the idea of being by ourselves it's connecting with ourselves it's the idea of take the piece of chocolate situation okay like i Love chocolate. It's a thing. And I think just when I'm using that as a self-care, I'm looking at it and saying, oh, like I really like the flavor for this or I like the texture and oh, like I actually like how I feel right now. I'm just kind of in the moment and I'm enjoying it. I'm not just doing it to be like, okay, quick, like let's just have a minute where I don't have to think about everything, which we can have those moments too but recognize that's more of a break rather than a state of being we need to be in for a long period of time. I think just being able to have that beam and a connecting moment for ourselves, and we can say we're trying to connect with other people, but it's also looking and saying like what things are in the way of actually connecting with the people around us. We may be with them. That's different. Than-
2: Good point. And that the act of both, right? Enrichment mm-hmm. comes both with connecting getting to know yourself understanding yourself self-reflection connecting to where you feel things in your body is something that we see helps process emotion a lot
1: are we good company on Mm -hmm. our own or do we always need background noise because otherwise the thoughts might come and we'll be left alone with our thoughts
0: and the stresses and and the things we have to think about doing next
1: or,
2: what do you, go ahead. Well, and you bring up a good point because if you are using some of those numbing behaviors, the chances is that you haven't connected to yourself. And one of the first ways you can do that is through journaling and just connecting mindfulness, breathing, things like that can be places where if you're like I don't know how to connect to myself I would say that those are good places to start
0: I think there's also this idea too of looking at if I don't want to be connecting to myself and I'm drawn to all these numbing type of behaviors what's the emotion that's coming up with the idea of connecting to myself right what's coming up there what's making that i mean ideally the whole looking at it from a therapeutic process we would be going into saying okay what emotion is being brought up why is your body feeling that way it has a reason to feel that way so why is that a scary thought of connecting to myself and what is my body telling me I need to feel safe to connect to myself, right? And that would be something down the line you could work through. But it's one of those things of just acknowledging the fact that there is an emotion that comes up. When I think of connecting to myself, I think about, oh, it just feels like a lot of work. Or it feels like, oh, I just, that means I have to think about all the other emotions I've been stuffing down for so long, right?
2: I think we need to definitely do maybe maybe a session on how to connect to self, As part of that, if we get back to this idea of self-care, we want connection to be part of it, but looking at this idea of enriching and then thriving and going back to that, what would you recommend people explore if they're going to that versus just connecting? Yeah.
1: How do we connect to something bigger than ourselves? Whether it's nature, like you mentioned earlier, or a higher power, do we have kind higher power or are they kind of a dick?
0: Yeah. Or even our own purpose. Right. I think that's higher than ourselves. It's like, what's my ultimate purpose being here?
2: I also would invite that you figure out if you're connecting to your higher power, your parents' higher power or your neighbor's higher power.
0: Or the one you grew up thinking was your higher power and then realizing that you maybe have a bit different view about what that higher power looks like yeah. in your adult years.
2: I certainly have had the experience where I've talked to people who we thought we shared the same higher power, but I found that what they experienced is God um was not what I experienced as God, that my God, uh, my higher power is a very kind, generous, nurturing, loving God, and wasn't looking to criticize or punish me. And when we really got back to it, some people had just not experienced their own higher power. They had been told what higher power was versus really developing a relationship. I
0: think that's an important part of self-care, right? It's looking at all the aspects of self. We talk about like mind, body, spirit. I think that's that's identifying with self-care too. If I'm feeling like I need to take care of myself, which we all do. So let's just put that out there. Everyone needs to take care of themselves. That's not like, oh, when you get to this point, you realize it. But I think it's one of those things where we say, um, are all aspects being taken care of? And I guess that brings me to the question too, just back to that. I think for each of us, what started us in that journey of realizing self-care was an important step to take.
1: Self-care is going to be the basis for anything you work on in your life. If your tank isn't full, as it were, with your needs and enrichment, then you're not going to be able to process emotions. You can't process emotions. You can't process trauma. Your relationships, your communication won't improve fill in the blank self-care is the starting point which is why we're doing this is the second episode
2: i think the last thing i'll i'll say on this is that one of the things that i recommend if you feel uncomfortable starting self-care on your own that's a really good time to connect to a therapist having a solid object to help you process emotions help you get ideas and check in is a really is a really great place to start
0: we'll leave you to it (laughs)
1: Thanks for listening. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please feel free to rate, subscribe, and review. if you want to find us on social media, we're on Instagram and Facebook at Fate Resilience. We'd love to hear from you.